0: Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our broadcast, our Romans Bible study here on a beautiful Thursday morning, the 13th day of August, 2020. I've got a good guest with me today. My son, Andrew, is in for the weekend. We're just excited to have him, and he's uh, attending uh, the Bible College, Jimmy Swaggart Bible College, down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So it's good to have you home this weekend, Andrew. It's good to be here. Good to be here. We are, uh, this is our... uh, Thursday morning Bible study. Again, we're in Romans chapter 13. If you want to bring your Bible up, open your Bible, and uh, we'll be digging into that pretty soon. Uh, We're going to go an hour today just because I've got a special guest with me, and I don't have to uh, do all the talking. I've got some help, and and, uh, we're just going to have a great time in the Lord today. We're going to see some things, though, that Uh, We need to look at in the word of God that are very important for the Christian, for those who are desiring to have uh, his desires placed in our hearts. Those who are really desiring to serve the Lord on his terms, which is his word, and it's not on our terms. We don't get to serve the Lord on our terms, but on his terms, according to his word. In Romans chapter 13, what I find amazing is many times in what the Lord has me preaching or teaching in one of these sessions, something's going on in the world or in our church as it should be, the Spirit of, the God, of God leading us to right where we are. And what's going on in our nation today, uh, man, is very much tied to Romans chapter 13 and how we should be responding and how we should be uh, living. Uh, because Romans 13 though it's not a very popular portion of God's word it is the direction for God's people after they've learned the the, the previous parts of this letter on how to live for God. We know the avenue now as how to live for God uh, but the question is for us will we choose to live for God and these uh, what we've been studying this is part three of this 13th chapter and I just want to start out by going, reading through the first four chapters before we start digging into verse 5 today. And they say this, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, that's the governing authorities, for there is no power but of God. I'm going to read that again. There is no power, no civil no governing authorities that is not of God. doesn't mean they have to be Christian, but it means all governing authorities, somehow, for whatever God's purpose is, He's put them there. Even the ones we don't like. Let me read it again. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, the governing authorities. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever, therefore, resist the power, resist the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. We need to make sure we're hearing that. Whosoever. So, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Will you then not be afraid of the power, the authority, Do that which is good, and you shall have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to you for good. But if you do that which is evil, be afraid, because he bears not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that does evil. See, that we're talking about the reason God set in civil government authority is for this, for the evil to be dealt with, even if it takes the sword to deal with it. He says, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that does evil. Verse 5, wherefore you Christians must need be subject Not only because of the wrath that will be upon you, but also for your conscience sake. Because uh, as we were discussing before the broadcast this morning, not only should we be concerned about not doing this, not doing that, or obeying the law for the sake of what will happen to us through the authorities, but what will happen to us in our relationship with God when our conscience is not right with the Lord?
1: Yeah, you know, you read in verse uh, 1 that all powers that be are ordained of God. That reminds me when Paul wrote and said that uh, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, which means God breathed. Mm-hmm. So it's no coincidence that the times we're living in now uh Dad has been covering the book of Romans and uh, verse by verse for a few years now, and just so happens right now, Paul is talking about civil authority. And uh, in this time we're living in, we might not agree. And 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 all, the, even in this times, they definitely didn't agree with the emperor Nero. They had the Caesar of Rome that they were under. We might not agree with all the powers. But Paul made it clear through the inspiration of God. So this is God talking. This is God saying to us today that we should be subject. In verse 5, we need we need, must be subject not only for wrath but also for conscience sake. That means we shouldn't be uh, obedient to the laws of the land uh, made by legislative powers or whatever they be just because we're scared of going to jail We're scared of having to pay a fine. We should be obedient because being obedient to the laws that are ordained by God, uh, uh, like like Dad was saying, it doesn't necessarily mean those people are of God, but government itself is ordained. It's a a divine structure. So when we're obedient to the laws of the land that uh, do not make us sin, if they don't make us sin and we're obedient to them, that's, that's being faithful to the Word of God. It's not, a, it's not just a commandment from the government that we pay our taxes or that we do certain things. It's a commandment from God because that, that power and authority is ordained by God. Right. And as I
0: said on the last broadcast, I believe I brought it uh, up that when Jesus stood before Pilate, Pilate said, Aren't you going to answer me? Uh, about this whole situation? Don't you know I'm the one that can have you crucified or I'm the one that can let you go free? And Jesus told Pilate, he said, you have no power that's not of my Father in heaven. Jesus acknowledged who was in ultimate control even though he was standing there in chains under Pilate's authority. He knew that God, his father, was in ultimate control, but he also knew that Pilate had the position and authority he had, and even that was of God. And Jesus said, if my kingdom were of this world, which it's not, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom was of this world, then my servants would fight but See. We don't mind the bumper stickers that say we're not of this world, we're just in it. But when it comes time uh, for us to act and to trust in the, the, our, our Christian obligation, our Christian duties, rather than uh, 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 allowing our national rights and privileges uh, to be exalted above our Christian duties, uh, there are many times Jesus was put on the spot uh, that he just went, went, went on ahead and, and did what he had to do to keep from uh, disrupting certain things. Like it wasn't, Jesus wasn't really required to pay tribute to go into the temple. Yet he sent Peter down to get money out of a fish's mouth to get him in. So it's not, about your, it's not about your national rights. And don't get me wrong today. Praise God for America. There's not another country like it. Praise God for the Constitution. Praise God for the end of all the liberties that we have. We wouldn't dare speak against those things. God has given us those things as a wonderful benefit of His, His grace and His mercies. And who would want to live anywhere else uh, as a child of God? But when we exalt our national rights above our Christian duties, the balance is wrong. And we need to to understand that when... And this is so important because when we're disobeying the law, our conscience cannot be right before the Lord. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And when our conscience is not right... Even though we're saying, well, I just feel this is right. I feel like this is right. Well, we don't live by feelings. We live by faith. And that faith must come from the Word of God for us to have a conscience that is clean before the Lord. Now, a lot of ignorance will cause a conscience to not be right before the Lord if you don't know the word of God and you're not seeking to follow the word of the Lord then your conscience can be seared and you not even know what's going on you, you and I need to understand this that the Bible says in verse 2 here that if we resist the ordinance of God we shall receive to our own selves judgment, damnation, it's coming when we disobey and, and I need to say this here we don't determine what is sin. The Bible determines what is sin. And I've used this example over the last few months, and when I have, it's really caused no small stir among the people. But what if the laws changed today, and the law said you couldn't have a gun anymore? Now see, this is a this is a touchy situation because of our rights, and praise God for our rights, I would always vote to have guns. I would always vote to, to have guns for, for if we need to kill for food or if we need to protect our families. It would be ridiculous, ridiculous to take guns away. And so we we're all for the Second Amendment. And all the amendments, all the Constitution, we're for it. And uh But if the laws changed and they said you can't have a gun, here's the thing. It's not a sin to not have a gun. So you and I would be brought to a place, and the place really is this. Would I obey the word of God? Would I follow the example of my Jesus Jesus knew he was the Savior of the world. Jesus knew that he had all power given to him. But yet he stood there and said, My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight. Can I tell you and remind you again today that the kingdom we're in is still not of this world. And we are, the kingdom we're in, has a king. And it's his dominion. That's where the word kingdom comes from: king with dominion, kingdom, inion. And we're in his kingdom. He's the captain of our salvation. We're the good soldiers under his rank and following him. And the way we follow him is not by the way we feel, but it's according to the word of God. And and the reason this is so significant for the time we're living in is because we can so easily get caught up and led by our flesh into things that are they're not of god it's not of god for us to disobey the word for any reason as we'll see today uh in in in, as we move down through this chapter it's not it's never the will of god for us to disobey the word of god i'm going to say that again it is never the will of God for us to disobey the Word of God for no reason. It, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it looks like, that it, we're not going to make it unless I do this. If doing this is a sin, God had another way to
1: get you through or to bring you home or whatever His will is. So, you know... We, I, think a, I think a good example of this is when they were taking Jesus away, the Son of God, and the disciples still didn't understand what had to be done for salvation. They didn't understand anything about Christ dying. They couldn't yet. Uh, But, um, well, they possibly could have, but Peter didn't understand that, and when they tried to take Jesus away, their their Messiah that they recognized had come. A lot of people fought to deliver them from the hands of an evil government. Peter drew his sword and cut the ear off Mm -hmm. of a Roman soldier. Now, Jesus knowing what he had to go do told Jesus that's not or told Peter paraphrasing that's not right he he healed the Roman soldier and and that that's a, a good example of what we're talking about I think because this subject can make people mad because we've been told and we've seen and heard things all our lives about our constitutional rights our our uh, uh, Right as a citizen Which those are great And if those weren't in place It'd be complete anarchy Mm -hmm. It'd be like what we're seeing in the world Going on today all over But just as Peter uh, was wrong If if we're given what if scenarios It's it's better to believe this Because it's the truth that Jesus It talks about in Ephesians chapter 1 He not only created everything He's the sustainer of everything So, even if some of our rights, God forbid, have to go, um, if it doesn't make it a sin to follow the law then, and and, and certain things like you said, taking away guns, um, a lot of people could argue a lot of things about that, but we have to see what what we see in the Word with Peter and, and, and Jesus. They weren't just taking their swords away. They were taking his life away. Mm-hmm. And when Peter drew his sword, Jesus said that's wrong. And that's just one scenario. Ours, uh, if it comes to that, may not be just like that. But if we're believing truly that Jesus, he created all that we see. Uh, uh, he's ordained all the powers that be. So he's the sustainer of everything. Right? right. He keeps everything. So we, uh, if we are one day... If our lives are in danger for not following government orders because it would have made us sin, um, then we we just have to trust Jesus. Because if we're if consequences, if we have to, uh, if that becomes of, of the situation, and we have to follow God rather than man, and and there is no laws like that that I know of personally right now um, that, that, that I'm having to follow myself. Here in right. here in America, and uh, if it does come to that, then we Jesus he he died not he, he died to save us from ourselves and, and, and from hell. And when we when we understand our position in Christ and we're saved, mm-hmm. if you're a saved born again believer and, and your life's in danger, um, there's a difference between fear and there and a difference between uh, just cautiousness, right absolutely we
0: you know there's it's one thing to say right and wrong but it's another thing to be good and evil because a lot of things that are right to men Mm -hmm. are wrong to God a lot of things that are wrong to men are right to God Uh, but only if you have the spirit of God and your faith is in the cross and you're being led of the spirit will you know good from evil uh I mean, in these last days, it's crucial that your faith is right so that you can be led right by the Spirit. If your faith is not right, that meaning in the cross of Christ, you can't be led by the Spirit. And if you're not being led by the Spirit, means that your hearing is not right, your vision is not right, because He only guides into the truth. And the truth gives us the liberty of Christ. Not the liberty of something else, the liberty of Christ. And overall, really, the the most important thing is is that unless Christ is our example and Christ is being expressed, the fruit of the Spirit of the Son of God is being experienced, our conscience is not clean. And and here's another way to say that our conscience is is not clear, it's not clean before God it, because when it's not, our hearts are condemning us. Our hearts are condemning us. When we know to do right and we do it not, it's a sin. When we know to do right and we do it not, it's a sin. And Romans 13 comes in and says, all governing authorities of God, they might, they might not be living for God, but the governing authority, God has put them there to do what needs to be done in the civil part and we're called to be subject to that. And when we don't there's going to be judgment. There's going to be uh, negative things take place. Now again I know right now people will listen and say well what do we do when the the government leaders are evil? We need to go back and, and just trust the word of God. There is no power no authority but of God. The authorities that be are ordained of God. Pilate was ordained to be in that position at that time because of God's infinite wisdom, his his will and things that are going on. He has set civil authority up to keep order And, and really for our good is what the Bible says. But for us Christians, really, it's a matter of conscience sake. Mm -hmm. And, And unless Christ is being expressed, and the only way he's expressed is through our obedience to the word, through faith in the cross, because it takes the Holy Spirit to express Christ. It takes the Holy Spirit to have a clean conscience. And I cannot have a clean conscience if I'm disobeying the law of any sort if I start making excuses as to why it's okay to even speed going down the highway that's a spirit of lawlessness and Christianity is so far today removed from conviction of righteousness that, that we make excuses for it, we joke about it, we laugh about it, even speeding down the highway my friend is a sin because we're breaking that law and when we start milking, when we start moving away from obedience in the small things, that only increases. And before you know it, our whole household is in trouble. We're, we're beginning to tell jokes that are vulgar. We're beginning to make comments uh, about things we shouldn't be commenting on. Now now we're watching things we shouldn't be watching them. It's a, it's a slow fade it, because the spirit of lawlessness is not something that just gets somewhere and gets satisfied. It's at work to enlarge. And so it's all an attack on the expression of Christ. (coughs) Because if the conscience is not right, you know, let me say this about people who are in prison. (coughs) Excuse me. A lot of people in prison are just mad they got caught. A lot of Christians, a lot of preachers who get caught doing evil things are just mad about getting caught. <clears throat> and their conscience is still not clear before the Lord because their heart is not right before the Lord. They're only mad they got caught. And if, if Let me tell you this. If I'm blaming everybody else for, for what's going wrong in my life, my conscience is not right with God. And we need to remember these things. This is a very important place in Scripture for the time we're living in now because in God's mind, it's more important than you obey Him than take a stand for anything that's that would be breaking the law outside of sinful activity. And
1: you and I do not get to determine what sin is. God has determined that. <clears throat> and, I, and I think that the, the men and women of God in the book of Acts uh, <clears throat> when they were being persecuted maybe many of them thought well why is this happening to us the Lord just mm-hmm. poured his spirit out on our flesh the day of Pentecost we've been baptized with the Holy Ghost we know the gospel we walked with Jesus but to get, to prove the, the the word of God even more so, the ruler in that day and, and, and the majority of, of what was going on in Paul's ministry of Rome was Nero, who was a madman to say the least. He lit Christians on fire and hung them and used them as street post. He threw them in the, the Colosseum to, to be a sport while thousands and thousands watched and clapped. And many would say, well, how, how is that? that civil authority ordained by God. Well, you see, the, on, during, during the uh, book of Acts, the Acts chapter 2 experience, when, the, when, and, uh, when they knew that they were to proclaim the gospel to the utmost parts of the world was a command by Jesus, it, it was some time, I forget the, the actual time period that people say, before they even branched out from Judea. And you know what it took for that to happen was persecution. Mm-hmm. And, and so people might say, well, how is that of God? They're, they're being persecuted. They're being killed. Well, it's very possible that we may not know the gospel today in America without that persecution that happened. Mm-hmm. It's because that's what caused them to branch out with the gospel. So even then, though people were being put to death like James, beheaded, and and all the disciples and and the, Jesus said even before all that all the prophets were killed, mm-hmm. and and Jesus was 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 hung on a tree. They didn't kill him. He was the Son of God. He didn't know man had the power to kill him. But he laid his life down, and, and it was at the hands of, of the Romans. So, though it may look like it's evil, God has a purpose for everything that He's established. He used that evil authority in that day for persecution for us to now know the gospel and to have the word of God and I think it's also important uh, while we're while I'm saying all this is that we take advantage of the things that other people had to suffer to get us in our hands the gospel and uh, right. and and other people had to go through certain things but but the main point is. When God's doing something to man's eye, it always looks foolish mm-hmm. with, a worldly, with a worldly and a secular view. But if you, I've always liked this statement. If you're looking through the lens of the gospel, if you're looking at the way that God works when you see him doing things, and that's through the finished work of Christ, if you have that understanding, then the confusing ways that God works uh, uh, won't be confusing to your eyes anymore because they're really not confusing. They're not confusing at all if you're if you're looking to what he's doing in the context and in the way he's promised. Many people are not satisfied with the word alone and not satisfied with obeying uh, what God has established, even the laws of the land. So they have to do certain things and they don't even know it. Uh, that that oppose that or go against that a little bit and they have to add certain things to the word of God and, and, and many people who can be Christians with, with, with a, a good conservative mindset can influence our lives into thinking we have to be a certain way or do a thing a certain way because that's what the majority of us are doing when God, like, like Dad said, I like this, uh, we don't decide what sin is, God does if it was up to us to decide what sin is, we'd pick and choose all of our favorites over the years and say those aren't sin. No, God's holy and, and blameless, and the only way we can be without sin is to be in Christ and to have the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. And then and only then will we recognize all the things that maybe we've been doing for years that are against the law that we realize aren't right, like speeding and all the other little things like that. Right. The greatest mission a Christian
0: can have is not reaching a lost world. That is part of our mission. But the greatest mission of a Christian is to express Christ. He's the head. We're his body. We are to be led by him. We are to express him at all times, above all other things. My mind uh, refers back to Stephen being stoned and Paul holding the cloaks of others so they could stone him. Paul, Saul, before he became Paul, was pleased that Stephen was being stoned. And Stephen says, Behold, I see the Son of God or the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God He saw Jesus standing beside the Father. He wasn't standing there declaring what his rights were. His mission was to express Christ. Christ said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Stephen said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. While he was being stoned, he wasn't blasting out his rights. He was carrying out his Christian duty to love and to forgive and to keep his mind on Christ, to look unto Jesus. It doesn't matter what everybody else says. We have the Word of God as God's people. And Christians who get mad about this kind of teaching are the same kind of people that were in the Old Covenant who were a part of killing the prophets when the prophets were constantly... Being given the word of God as the direction for the people of God, and very rarely would there even be among Israel people who would follow the teaching of the prophets. The majority of the people did not go that way. They would not go that way. The Israel killed every prophet that came along, and including the greatest one. Jesus said that had ever lived among men, John the Baptist. And then the purest and greatest prophet, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, even laid his own life down, but God used the authorities that be. Notice, Jesus said, No man take my life from me, but I have the power to lay it down and to raise it up again. Yet, that power Jesus had, it was the power of God by the Holy Spirit, but that was all taking place by the hand of God through governmental structure. So we need to remember that. And I just, I just thought about that. And, and, and you know, when you start exalting your rights, no matter what nation you're in, we have, well, what about our rights? Vote for them, pray about it, try to get the right people in office. And so that things can go the Christian way. The Bible says when the righteous are in authority, the city will rejoice. Hallelujah. And I praise God for President Trump. I praise God for what God is doing. God is literally trying to prolong what he wants to do in and through this nation. I praise God for the Constitution and all the rights we have. But I praise God for more for for the word of god and the son of god and the cross of christ more far more than all that because one day all that will be gone but the word of god endures forever and ever hallelujah i know it's not a popular topic. It's not a popular subject because sometimes people will say, well, they're just not as patriotic as they ought to be. They're just not taking a stand as I We have taken a stand. Where else would we take a stand other than to trust in Christ? Where else can a stand be other than that that's not in the flesh? Amen. And it's not it's not the flesh necessarily because you're going out and you're, you know, trying to get the word out, who people need to vote for. Uh, it's not the flesh who, who uh, when you're going out uh, trying to say we need to keep our amendments right, our const- it's not in the flesh. What's in the flesh is when somebody gets in office you don't like, you don't agree with, and they change the law, and you say, well, I ain't obeying them because they're not my president. According to the word, they are your president. We didn't, we didn't like it when that happened. We didn't like it and I heard many people saying well they not my president. You can talk at your flapping lips all day long but when God puts somebody as president or king in the nation you're living in they're your authority and you better submit to them unless they're making you sin according to God's
1: word. So Daniel and uh, in the book of Daniel the three Hebrew boys and Daniel were all placed in in lofty positions within the Babylonian government, up That's there with the, yeah. the the Chaldeans and the men of wisdom and the uh, the magistrates and all the well learned people, and I've often thought what it would be like to be in their place because they're living under a an ungodly king who just took out their nation and took them all captive, and God allowed that to happen, and and uh, in the story of the statue and, and the three the three boys not bowing the knee. Uh, We can use whatever we want and whatever scenario there is today as saying we won't bow the knee to this or we won't bow bow the knee to that. But in that day, if they bowed the knee, it was going to be a sin. Mm -hmm. Just like in the days of Rome, most Christians were killed not because... Uh, they, they didn't refuse the government, the, the ones who were really living living for God, living the gospel life. They didn't just not pay their taxes. They paid their taxes because that was their duty, not only to the government, but to God. Many were killed because they wouldn't say that Caesar is Lord. They went around grouping up Christians. I, I think it was annually they were grouping Christians up, and and, uh, uh, and they were saying... It, it, say Caesar is Lord and those who, who wouldn't die mm-hmm. and, and we're not seeing we're not to that point in, in America or the world today and, and we can't pick and choose what laws best suit us and suit our desires we have to follow the laws of the land and it's, and if you have an issue with us saying this don't, don't be mad at us it's in the word of God Right. And there's many things that are offensive. There's many things that we can sit and say amen to, but when it hits our, it, when it really hits our personal belief, you know, Jesus didn't say love whoever has like-minded beliefs as you. He said love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor can be a Muslim. Your neighbor can be a, a, a terrorist. Lord forbid. But we are to love them. That doesn't mean going and. And, and, and hang out with them and, and do all them. this and tr- trust them to watch your house and all this. And, and, and I'm talking about the neighbor sense as in a neighborhood, but a, a neighbor can be anybody you know in the world. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you have to trust them with your life or you have to support them. Many people would say, if you're not for us on this matter, you're, you're against us. If you're not saying and you're not, and you're not helping us with this matter, you're against us. Well, we're only for the word of God. Those who have their trust in Christ and what he did are being conformed to a place where they're all about the gospel. Mm-hmm. Well, the Bible tells us
0: that we, our lives are to be becoming the gospel. Right. That That's, our, the the faith we have is a faith that is striving together for the gospel, the faith of the gospel. And I'm really glad you brought up Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego Great example And the Bible in the New Testament says that our The scriptures, what's been written Is for our example For our comfort, for our Strength, for our hope For our encouragement, the scriptures And Daniel was told No more praying to anybody But the king But king Nebuchadnezzar No more praying Well, if Daniel would have obeyed that law That would have been a sin Daniel didn't obey that law. He had a relationship with God, and they might folk might take your house, they might take your family, but they cannot take your faith. You're the only one that can throw that away. And Daniel continued to pray. It got him in trouble because he didn't obey the laws of the land, and because it was a law that would it would have made him honor a man above the word of God and it would have made him throw his relationship away. He still prayed right in front of his window, so like he had always done, so they could see. And he got in trouble for that. And we're going to get in trouble as Christians in the days ahead because I hope it's not in this next few years, but you mark my words according to the Word of God. It is coming, and uh, it is coming. laws are going to change and things are going to change to where we're going to stand back and say you have got to be kidding me how can they be that dumb because without the Spirit of God you're totally blind but uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told when the music plays you've got to bow to that statue in reverence and really worship to Nebuchadnezzar they said well we can't do that That'd be forfeiting our faith in our God and bowing to another. We, we're not going to do that. And they said that our God is able to deliver us. Now, whether he does or not, it's up to him, but we're not bowing the knee because that law was a law that would make them sin against God, bowing to something other than God. Uh. And I love what I, on a commercial the other night, I saw Franklin Graham say that Christians, we shouldn't be bowing to anything except the Lord Jesus Christ. We shouldn't be bowing to a, a down on one, kneeling for a national anthem. We shouldn't be kneeling before anyone but Christ. And so I'm glad you brought them up because that's a great example. If, If they tell us we can't pray, it's against the law to pray, well, we're going to keep praying because right. because that is a law that would cause us to sin if they tell us that we've ever ever Saturday at lunch we've got to everybody in town we've got to meet downtown and get down on your knees before this thing the the, the, the government has built well I'm not going I, they gonna have to come shoot me at my house because I'm not going to bow and worship anything and that that's a different thing. But the, the, the civil laws, the duties, the, the, the ordinances are set in place to keep order and structure that are not making us sin against God are there, and we have to keep them whether we like them or not. When they send out a decree that everybody's got to be taxed, well, Joseph and Mary had to load up on a donkey. She's nine months pregnant, right at it, or maybe not quite nine months yet, because it took a little while to get there. They didn't say, "Well, bless God, I ain't going to get taxed." My wife's about to give birth, and to Jesus, yeah, yeah, to the Savior, and uh, and you know, we're we're not Rome. I'm not paying taxes, and I bring this up because where the where the scriptures lead into right here. But we're to submit to the laws of the land. And he gets real specific here in verse 6 where he says, Because for this cause do you pay tribute. That word means taxes. Also, for for they are God's ministers, God's servants. God's got more servants in the world than just Christians. Everything is serving God's purpose. I've said before and I believe it that the greatest torment is in the eternal lake of fire will be the realization that God was using me in spite of me. I hated God or I didn't believe in God, but I'm going to realize there, not me, but those there, that God was using me in spite. I was serving God even in my rebellion and unbelief. I was fulfilling some purpose of God. That will be the most horrendous Mm -hmm. torment in hell. Because here it says, for this, for, for this cause are you paying taxes. Also, because they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing being their civil government duties, render therefore to all their dues taxes to whom taxes is due, custom to whom t- custom is due, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor, Think about that. We're called to pay taxes. Well, I'm not paying taxes. That ain't of God. Here it is, and the Bible says it is of God. Jesus went to the temple. Him and Peter showed up at the temple, and it wasn't... Listen, the people who were Jewish people weren't even supposed to be paying tribute to go into the temple. But yet, Jesus said, Okay, okay, Peter, just go down and get a coin out of the first fish's mouth that comes ashore because it was the law that the civil people were trying to uphold there and Jesus fulfilled the law that they were holding even though it wasn't right for Jesus to have to pay tribute to get in there it was the law they were operating by so Jesus didn't didn't cause Jesus to sin to to, to give an offering to get in it wasn't a sin now think about that and we're called to pay taxes. People who aren't paying taxes because they don't believe in... Those people, people who... They might, they might be Christians. I'm not going to judge them and say they're not. But they're Christians who are trying to live for God based on their own terms instead of the terms being the Word of God. Because faith can't come because what I believe outside the Word of God, faith can only
1: come by hearing the Word of God this is on the whole other end of the spectrum what you mentioned about Jesus paying the taxes to get in the temple just like Paul had Timothy circumcised so that he could get into the synagogues uh, sometimes there's certain law. Paul could do that Timothy could be circumcised not because he trusted in that for his salvation right. but because it was simply a tool to minister the gospel and, and we have to minister the gospel at any cost. It's not just a thing that we have to do. Like you said, Ephesians 1.26, I believe it is, our life should be becoming of the gospel, striving together. Everything that we do, um, sometimes we're going to have to do things, certain things we don't like. Uh, if, if going to church, and we don't do this here because it hadn't come to it, but if I have to wear a mask to go to church, guess what? I'm wearing a mask because the Bible says do not forsake the assembly. I'm glad to uh, live here in a in a in a region who is not it is not necessarily having to do a lot of things at the moment, but uh, if I have to that was just one example if I have to do a certain thing to be able to present the gospel uh, and it and it doesn't cause me to sin that's why I said it's on the opposite side of each other because. We're discussing laws and following laws that don't cause us to sin. Well, there's certain laws that we may end up having to follow to be able to keep living for God Hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean sin. Right. I, I have to believe because what's written here to the church in Rome,
0: to the church in Queen City, to the church everywhere, whoever is the church, this is the Word of God from God through the Apostle Paul. I have to believe that following the guidance of the Holy Spirit in this truth we've been given right here will open a greater door for us to deliver the gospel. It may not be the way we had it planned out. A lot of people, Jesus said, that they're going to come for you. They're going to hate what you believe, they're going to hate you for my namesake, but you're going to stand before kings, you're going to stand before people. It's not going to be a ministry maybe that you had pictured out, that you had drawn out, but you, obeying these truths are going to open a bigger door for you to present the gospel because you're not going to be able to present the gospel like you should, like you could if you're living in disobedience to the word of God because number one that's that's really not your focus and, and it's really not what you're going after is is presenting Christ, your life becoming the gospel through the obedience of the faith. but you know if, if, if we've got other things that are a higher priority then we're not going to be able to express Christ because we don't do that and I, and I've been saying this we don't do, uh, what we're called to do on our own terms. That's why we've been given the word of God to follow. This will help you. I understand that most of what's called Christianity today is as rebellious as the day is long. They they, they will pick and choose what they like out of the word of God. Uh, the flesh does that, uh, but it's very few and far between when you find a, a true Christian who is really desiring to learn the word of God so the Holy Spirit can guide them into all truth for a greater experience of the Lord Jesus Christ Himself because the greater the experience of Christ, the greater the expression of Christ. And this is what we're studying here today. If we buck it, if we go against it in any degree, it's going to cause a hindrance to our experience and expression of Christ. And we we, disobeying the Word of God Puts us in the same sinking boat of the people who were bucking against. You understand that? But uh, I mean, when Christians go out and 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 just harshly criticize and judge wrongly, criticizing abo- people who are for abortion, uh, if we're not if we're not judging righteous judgment then we're in the same sinking boat they're in. And that sinking boat is a stinking boat of flesh. We have to judge righteous judgment. And to be able to judge righteous judgment, we have to be living according to the righteous Word of God. That means in obedience by the power of the Holy Spirit who can give us the power we need to obey the Word if our faith remains in the example of Christ at Calvary paying taxes, we're called to pay taxes, it tells it right here. And again, Joseph and Mary loaded up on a donkey and went, I don't know, but it was a long way Got there, couldn't even get a nice place to stay. And all that was the plan of God being carried out. You and I obeying the law of the land is the plan of God in and through us being carried out. Remember, the greatest example is Christ. I've said it already this morning, but I'll repeat it. Jesus said, No man take my life from me, but I have the power to lay it down and to take it up again. Yet God used the governing authorities to carry that out. Jesus laid his own life down. Jesus raised his own life back up again by the glory of the Father. But God used the government that was there, the powers that be among men to carry that out. Do you understand that? It's more important to God that you obey the laws of the land than it is you not expressing your Christian duties. Your Christian duties are are expressed greater in obeying the laws of the land than they are fighting against the powers that be. God can do greater things in your life through your obedience to the Word than you're bucking against God's Word to stand
1: for your rights. Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking on civil authority, and, and you said you were talking about expressing our beliefs, not Christian belief, just our rights and all well, that. If if you want to make a change, uh, it's okay to post your your whatever you know. It's your it's your freedom of speech to post what you want and to say what you want. But if you want to make a change in civil authority, there's there's two ways to do it. There's praying and there's voting. And I'll leave that at that. It's those things are Christian duty and our civil duty uh, <clears throat> together are better than any amount of time we can spend talking about mm-hmm. unnecessary things, you know, but the time that we spend talking about the gospel, that's what's beneficial and and whatever our, whatever is, is we're believing in our heart, our life is going to be filled with. It. Mm-hmm. So if we're believing and trusting in the gospel, we're gonna be all about the gospel. That doesn't mean you can't talk about certain things and, and this issue of today and this issue today. Mm-hmm. But when it becomes almost it seems like in the even in the church today, tormenting to some folks' minds some of these things that, that are current issues in the world. Uh, that's not what God intends it to be like for us. Right. God doesn't intend for our minds to be consumed with anything, and we could say we could use a thousand examples, but that's where we're at in the Word today with civil authority. And like I said at the beginning, I, it's not a coincidence that that God that has brought us brought you through the Book of Romans and you're at this place right now, mm-hmm. because things might might get hard for Christians. It has over the last twenty years we've seen. Uh, uh, really a spirit of antichrist more than ever on the rise in our country. But in the last 20 years we've seen the gospel of Christ and him crucified preached more than ever so it only makes sense that there'd be such a great opposing force because there's such a great message being preached. Mm -hmm. And, And there's going to continue to be such great force because the gospel that was was begin to be preached in this greater effect of Christ crucified is now literally going to all the parts of the earth. Right. Right. And I want to bring in verse eight before
0: we you know, we've got about eight minutes, and I want to bring in verse eight because uh a lot of time We've read this throughout the years and we've not understood this. We think that verse 8 just takes a total change of direction and starts talking about something totally different. But when verse 8 says, owe no man anything, he's talking about don't be owing taxes. That's what he's talking about. The civil authorities are of God. They're there to keep order. They're there to punish and, and bring correction to those who break the law. And he says here, don't be owing, don't be owing no man, nothing. Don't 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 owe what you what you're supposed to be paying, but to love one another. See, we're not loving each other if we're not walking in obedience to the word. Oh, we might say, "I love you," I love them, and I'm praying for them, but there comes in buts, you know. Love is not an experience outside of obedience. Jesus put it where the rubber meets the highway when he said, those that love me keep my commandments. Then he didn't stop there. He turned it around. He said, they that don't keep my commandments don't love me. He wants us to realize that that the experience of love, if it be the godly love that's been shed abroad in our hearts, Romans 5, 5, the experience of that love is of course always only through faith in the cross. But that faith is a faith that works in obedience to the word of God and we won't be owing no man anything except to love each other. For he that loves another is has fulfilled the law. And you and I, we didn't get saved and become the children of God by obeying a law. We were born again through faith in the one who obeyed all the law and laid his life down for all of humanity who couldn't keep any law. And so we, we the only way we can love each other is through faith in the sacrifice. But the manifestation of faith in the sacrifice is the Spirit of God that works in us, bringing us to obey. That's guiding us into all truth. That means leading us in the obedience of the truth. Because what you're not willing to obey, the Holy Spirit can't guide you into. It's your choice of obedience. And here we're told to submit ourselves to the governing authorities. Of course, outside that which would make us sin against God, and that's according to the Word, and that we're not to owe any man any anything. We're not to be found in debt when it comes to taxes because if we are, it means we've been called in disobedience before God. And I know the church is milked. Christianity down to such a degree that they don't even consider not paying taxes a sin but here the Bible says it is a sin and that judgment will come upon you your conscience cannot be clear before God because we owe something God has told us to pay and that it it has everything to do with the manifestation of love we can't say I love you while I'm not being obedient to the word of God right now I know the devil whispers in the ears right now Well nobody's perfect We're all at different places A woman told me one time Well everybody can't obey God like you do If that's true Then we're confused about the God of the Bible Because it's whosoever will believe upon him Whosoever shall call upon him Shall be saved And we can become the obedient people of God And we need to make sure that it's the, the word of God I wanted to ask this before we get out of here today, do you have a greater boldness on social media to share the things according to political uh, values, your uh, uh, national values? Do you have a greater boldness to declare that than you do to share the gospel? Is all that you're sharing post about? I'm talking to Christians. There's a great boldness you have to share your political values. But for some reason, there's not a boldness there to share the Scripture. There's a problem there, my friend. God's called you to do the latter before the first that we mentioned. It's okay. It's okay. It's not a sin. And we should be, if we're led of the Lord, to post... Who we're voting for, the rights we're standing for, those that we feel like, according to the Word of God, we shouldn't be voting for. That's all good. But are you sharing the gospel? Because above all things, God has called you to share your faith, your testimony. God's called you to share those things far at a higher level than He's called you to share your political
1: and national thoughts. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God and that's where the righteousness of God is in. They're in the gospel.
0: Amen. Well, it's been a great broadcast. Good to have you home. Thanks for coming in with us and thanks for all of you who've watched and, and have been blessed. Those of you who are hungry for the truth of the word of God. Those of you who are sincerely looking for God to impart his desires into your hearts and he promised he'd do it to those who would delight in him then you're going to love these broadcasts we're here every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30am central time and Friday mornings at 9 I'm in the studio in the book of 2 Timothy right now so I encourage you to tune in follow along, subscribe to the YouTube channel Curtis Hutchinson 316, follow my Pastor Curtis Facebook page and the Curtis Hutchinson Facebook page Don't forget to sow into good ground that you've heard the truth this morning. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text your giving to 903-231-5950. Thanks again for being with me today. I always love it when Andrew's with me, helping me share the Word of God and maybe we'll be doing that full time together one of these days in the future. Until next time, don't forget Stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. God bless you. See you next time.